The Bull Radio Football Show. Celtic and Rangers are in European action tonight. They're one game away from the group stages of the Europa League. Two massive matches coming up in Bosnia and Ibrox. The Premiership is back tomorrow night, would you believe? Four Friday games and then it's two on Sunday. And a week tonight at Hamden, it's Scotland against Israel. It is all happening Rob McLean, Ali Defoy, Simon Hello. Donnelly, the former Celtic striker with us in the studio uh, tonight. And uh, we'd like you to be involved, Ali, wouldn't we as well? As always, give us a call 0808 17 17 700 on the phone number. Drop on those texts 87474, put go at the start of your message or jump on the socials at Go Football Show. What do you prefer more, a text, a social a phone number what would you do Rob I'm I like a social the per- person I like the personal touch I like uh, I like talking phone which call. is probably fairly obvious <laughs> yeah I do so Sarajevo against Celtic it's a 7 o'clock kickoff tonight just as we're going off air that one is starting but we will have team news uh, usually maybe an hour maybe a little bit more in advance of kickoff. Uh, so we'll have Team news on uh, Sarajevo against Celtic, maybe around about six. And then around about quarter to seven, an hour before the start at Ibrox, we should be getting that Rangers lineup for their game against Galatasaray. And then, Ali, those Friday fixtures and Sunday as well in the Premiership. It seems like it's never been away, but it's back tomorrow. It's exciting to have something to look forward to on a Friday night, um, especially because we can't go out so much. Aberdeen, St Mirren, Dundee, uh, United against Livingston. Hibs are taking on Hamilton Ackies and Kilmarnock are taking on Motherwell Friday night all 7.45 kickoffs, and then Sunday as you mentioned 12 o'clock earlier kickoff. St Johnson v Celtic that's the Sky game big game there and then the other big game is 3pm kickoff Rangers Ross County and we've got Simon in a panic already because I've asked him to pick his Scotland team. To he's oh, got did to you? he's got to get inside Stevie Clark's head, which Barry Ferguson did very effectively in the last Israel game because he managed to well he picked the actual team that Stevie Clark picked and he got the result right as well and he hasn't let us forget about it ever since. No I pressure. Can imagine, yeah. So it's put me under a little. Little pressure tonight, but yeah, I'll give it my best shot. So you've got the squad uh, in front of you. You've had a little bit. You've had about fifteen or twenty minutes. <laughs> Not a lot of time, <laughs> luxury to think about it. Um, and we'll get that from you before we're finished. Uh, so that is a week away, massive match, and uh, two other Nations League qualifiers uh, to follow on as well. It's three internationals in quick succession, but it's a massive European night at club level, Simon. And nights like tonight must take you back to to some of your. European highlights I'd imagine certainly does I think uh, looking back at my, my time at Celtic that was one of the, the highlights you know obviously the games against Rangers are well documented but European nights at Celtic Park were a bit special as well and I was lucky enough to experience a few so yeah it's a vital vital night for both both clubs you know to get through and get into the, the group stage Celtic obviously the, the disappointment of the Champions League earlier on in the campaign so they need to rectify that and, and Rangers have a, a They've had a fantastic run in Europe up until now, so it's it's a big night. And for you, those uh, Celtic-Liverpool matches in the UEFA Cup must come back to mind. Yeah, they're probably the highlight, you know, albeit we, we were put out in away goals. Uh, I, I really feel the, t- the two performances over those two legs really gave us the confidence to go on that, that year and achieve what we did achieve. Uh, but yeah, when you look back at the nights, they're, they're the ones you want to play in. They're, as a kid, they're the ones that... I came. I grew up listening to European nights on the radio mm. uh, because there wasn't as much football on the TV back then, and that's the ones that you stick in your mind as a kid. 
I want to play in them and I was fortunate enough to be involved in a few Yeah I remember commentating on those games as well but uh, my memory is not good enough to re- recall who exactly was all in those in those two lineups because I mean that Liverpool I mean I, I remember the Steve McManaman goal when he took the ball from halfway I mean yeah. it wasn't a great goal and, from and a Celtic point of view but it, but it was a brilliant bit of ability goal. from him Yeah and Michael, Michael Owen uh, yeah. was just on the scene then he scored early on that night and you're thinking at that point this could be a a long night for us but we, we rallied well I actually watched the game in lockdown with my son mm-hmm. uh, and Did you it, force him? <laughs> or was he quite happy? He was quite happy to watch it and it was, it was a great wee moment because he hadn't he hadn't seen it before and I actually sat there and thought wow this is a, a real good game both teams going at it uh, but we rallied well got back to 2-1 and as I was saying to you before we came on air we, if you watch it back we're working down the right hand side trying to get the third goal that would effectively have killed the tie and it came across the face of the Liverpool goal out in the right back area and Stevie McMahon Manaman picked it up and the, the rest is history a fantastic finish with his left foot who, was, who else was in that Celtic team? Henrik was in it Burley uh, had just joined uh, I think Reggie Blinker played that night I played looking back at it I, I played a more further forward role I think Henrik was playing in a deeper role uh, but it was a, it was a, a it was some match you know, both teams going at it. There was none of this passing about at the back and back passing. It was two teams all out attack, and it was a, it was a good spectacle we watched back. And it was it was those days as well where, where newspaper sales were 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 much bigger than they are now. Back pages were were. I mean, it was one of those classic Battle of Britain headlines, wasn't yeah. it? And it, everyone, the minute the draw was made, the excitement just rose to to fever pitch. before that that game came around, yeah, I remember. Uh, I, I think we were at Barrafield training when that I think we'd beat FC Tyrol in the previous round and we were at Barrafield and the and the, the news filtered through that it was Liverpool and I was a Liverpool fan growing up you know Kenny was my absolute idol uh, so to have that game as you say the Battle of Britain I think we'd seen Rangers play Leeds a few years before and this was the next one everything was raised in, in training I remember thinking to myself I need to be in that starting 11 you know 3-4 weeks from now so Everybody get a huge lift. And when Celtic played Liverpool as well, and 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 there, there's been obviously a more recent uh, meeting because the, because they met on the road to Seville. That's right. Um, and and it was Celtic Liverpool games are just that amazing amazing occasions. European nights are special enough at Celtic Park, but but when those two sets of supporters get together and they they join in on you'll never walk alone. I mean that that is that is uh, spine chilling. It is it is and as, as you say, I remember I was away to Sheffield Wednesday by that point when when Celtic played them the next time round. But I remember uh, watching the game at Anfield with Hartson putting the second goal in, and it was it was fantastic because. You were always getting your leg pulled in the Sheffield Wednesday dressing room. You know, your Scottish league isn't as good as the English league, so it was good to put one over on them that night. Let's come uh, back up to date after that little wander down memory lane. Let's uh, come right back up to date. And, I enjoyed that. Uh, <laughs> and the first game tonight, of course, is Celtic. It's in Bosnia. It's against Sarajevo, who Celtic beat in the Champions League qualifiers a year ago on the back of uh, this time around Celtic having won in Riga last Thursday. These games come in really quick succession. Let's hear from the man who got that late winner in Riga last week. And he could be an important man again tonight for Celtic. Moy El Yanusi. We're going into the game to win. It will be a difficult game. I mean, against Riga, they, they defended well. Uh, we, we, we went there to win. Every team has their own philosophy, how the, the way of the one to play. So uh, we, we just have to 
you know, expect maybe they will do the same against us as Riga did, but hopefully we can score us a little bit earlier this time. Yep, an earlier goal would be good, I think, for all <laughs> concerned, because that did turn into a, a nail-biter in Riga, Simon, last Thursday. Yeah, I watched, uh, I watched most of the game, and again, it was, it was a frustrating night for Celtic, you know, I worked the game at St Mirren a few weeks ago and it was similar to that. You did? Yeah, I saw you across the way. across the pitch. <laughs> uh, and it was a lot of men behind the ball making it frustrating for Celtic. And thankfully they got over the line because the last thing they needed was another you know, 30 minutes of extra time. And we move on. Uh, but as I say, I think there was a wee bit more of the form. I caught the second half of the game at the weekend against Hibs. Mm-hmm. I feel that they began to click a wee bit, so hopefully they take that into tonight's game. Well, I mean, that's a, that was a, a really strong result, wasn't it? When you consider that Hibs had drawn with Rangers the, the previous weekend, um, and they, they had a real bit of confidence about themselves. First half, they had chances. They'll maybe look back on it and think they could have taken one, one of those chances. But in the end, it was emphatic. It was 3-0. It was in the end, but as you say, going into that game, especially on the back, because they'll know Rangers have won it for Park, 100%. That's the way this this thing works. Yeah. Uh, and not hitting the heights of form that they've had before. Going into that game with a Hibs team that started the season well, there would have been a wee bit of concern, but they dealt with it well. McGregor got the early goal. As I say, the, the second half for me, especially I like Turnbull when he came on. That's the first time I've really had a look at the lad. A lot of positive forward passes. Uh, and Celtic looked to be a bit more like their old self in the second half. The draw is tomorrow for the group stages of the UEFA League. Moy El Yunusi and Celtic want to be there. I mean, there's no doubt we want to be there. Uh, of course, uh, unfortunately, it's not Champions League, but of course, we're going to do everything to uh, reach our target, you know, to play in, uh, in the Europa League. So um, we are focused. Uh, both will be sharp today after this training, so uh, we're ready. Celtic, of course, missed out, as we've said already, uh, against Ferencvaros in the Champions League qualifiers. And it just ups the ante, doesn't it, when you drop down into Europa? It means that there are great possibilities, there's great potential to do what Celtic did last season, which was go a long way deep into the competition. Um, but you have to get there. You have, you have to get to group stages. Um, and and it's, it's big stakes tonight, isn't it? It is huge stakes. For, for both clubs, I mean, both Celtic and Rangers both went into the the depths of the tournament last year, uh, real good performances by both clubs. Uh, the highlight for me was the Lazio with Celtic, you know, and you thought they were really going to kick on. And then the disappointment of the next round where I thought Copenhagen were there for the beating. Uh, but yeah, the fans want that as well. I know we're, we don't have fans in the, the stadiums as such at the moment, but they still want that excitement of watching their team doing well on the European stage. And if you're a Celtic player and you were involved in that Copenhagen game last season, that will have been gnawing away at you for for a year. The fact it's that it's been gnawing away at everybody connected. Yeah. I mean, I covered the game that night. Yeah. And I, I, it was a real disappointment. Even getting back into the game at one each, you're thinking, right, steady the ship, and you'll take them in extra time and a lapse of concentration before you know it, you're 3-1 down. Yeah, and what you can't afford to do is look too far ahead because probably Celtic were thinking, well, this is a game we can get through, should get through, and maybe what, what lies ahead? Could it be quarterfinals, semifinals? Yeah, I, th- I think even that night, and I might be wrong, but even that night when they got to one each, I think they were anxious to go and finish the game in the 90 minutes rather than maybe a couple of experienced heads say, right, OK, let's settle this. We've got back on level terms. We'll, we'll take them an extra time. You were speaking about uh, David Turnbull uh, and the impact he made when he uh, came on in the the second half for Celtic at the weekend. What does Moy Elianusi think about Celtic's new arrival? 
he looked sharp from day one. To be honest, he he looks good. Saw that in the game against Hips as well when he came in. He deserved to come in there. Great assist. So he's a top player. I think we're gonna see more of. But he looks good. I think. I mean, Soro came in as well. He looks sharp as well. He's been really good in training. We have a lot of quality players, both you know, for starting eleven on, especially on the bench as well. Yeah, it's a fair old squad, isn't it? You mentioned Soro there as well, who um, has been on the fringes of it, hasn't, hasn't really made an impact yet. But you certainly can't say that about David Turnbull. I mean, it, it, Stephen, Stephen Cragen is in here most Tuesdays um, and he, he raves about David Turnbull. He, you know, nobody probably knows him much better than, than Stephen Cragen, who coached him at a younger level as well. And he was always convinced, of any, any, anyone who cast any <laughs> doubts about David Turnbull being on the fringes at Celtic, uh, Craggs has a fairly sharp response to that. Once he gets in, he'll stay in. That, that's his feeling. Yep, and I'm same frame of mind. Uh, I actually heard Craig's comments on him the other night, and I've got a colleague, an ex-colleague friend, Craig Hinchliffe, on the, the books at Motherwell as well, the goalie coach, and the reports back from last season, nothing but impressive. And I, I really think, I go back to my time with, with Phil O'Donnell coming in and breaking in. He, he just broke into the team. Now, this lad, that's maybe big shoulders to go and try and emulate, but... From what I've seen at the weekend, really positive. He grew into the game, he got more confident, you know, after his first maybe couple of safe passes and then he went into, I'm going to try and penetrate here, a couple of great deliveries and a, a nice assist. Okay, so that's Celtic. We'll talk more, obviously, about that game as the show progresses. It's Bosnia Celtic and it's a seven o'clock kickoff. 45 minutes later, Ibrox Rangers against Galatasaray. Uh, not the Turkish champions. They have been 22 times in their history, but not at the moment. Sixth in the Turkish League last season. That's why they are in the Europa League qualifiers but it's top opposition and Rangers defender Philip Helander is relishing that opportunity to go up against them yeah well, I, I think in general we're, we're all looking forward to this game it's going to be a fantastic game you know there's no fans but we'll, we'll make the best out of it it's always nice to play against top players G for Galatasaray, G for Glamour as well. It, it does have that about it, doesn't it? One of those names that we associate much more with the, the top table in Europe than the the poorer relation if, if one looks upon the Europa League as that. Yeah, they're probably one of the bigger names in the Europa League. A lot of Champions League history. A lot of decent runs, you know, from the when the Champions League started. Remember, I think Man United getting put out by them a few years back at the start of the, the, the Champions League. So it's, they're a big name in Europe uh, and it's a good tie. You know, Ibrox, again, the downside is we don't have anybody inside the stadiums, uh, which is a real shame. But Rangers at home, they were strong last week in Holland and they, they really, I, I think Europe seems to bring the best out in Rangers, you know, from last year, uh, get some great results. I think obviously progress further than Celtic in the competition. And it's a big a big night for them as well, Ibrox, if they can get through and get into the, the group stage. The likes of Babel, Falcao, I think he might be on the bench tonight, but there's a lot of talent, a lot of names, well-known names in that Galatasaray squad. And uh, defending is obviously going to be crucial for Rangers tonight. Yeah, of course. It's something we're all striving to achieve. It was a good experience last year, and we, we hope to, to do that again this year and I think you, you always take with you experience from what you've done before and uh, I think we had a good, great run last year in the Europa League Yeah, just what you were saying Simon um, how well Rangers did the experience uh, of of 
playing over the last couple of seasons Rangers have done really well in the in that Europa League competition and it just makes you want to go back for more and, and Rangers would feel like Celtic about last season that they could have done a whole lot better yeah I think so uh, unfortunate that Covid came about at the time it did you know I think their game was uh, was it Leverkusen yeah uh, it was one of the last games before shutdown then they had to do the return leg so many months later which you know was bizarre uh, but they probably felt they could have maybe did a wee bit, wee bit better even though I think looking at them and get the results they got I think they do it's like going back to without referring back to my time all the time it's, it's confidence they'll get huge confidence for those European nights and yep. performing on that stage and you were talking about Celtic coming in off a big result, that, that win against Hibs at the weekend. Uh, Rangers winning 5-1 at Motherwell must give them amazing confidence, even minus some key players as well. Uh, a great result and it keeps them at the top of the Premiership. Yeah, J- Jones came back in, scores. Uh, they look as if they've got a bit of firepower. Uh, Eaton got a couple as well late on that will boost his confidence. And I'm just looking back at the way they set up last week, you know, with the th- three forward players. So they're quite attacking. I know defence will be key tonight at Ibrox, but I fancy them to go for it. You're with the Go Radio Football Show. Join us, get in touch. That phone number 0808 17 17 700. We'd like to have you on board. A week tonight, Scotland against Israel at Hamden. The man who will be commentating for Sky that night. And let's hope we're on our way to the playoff final. Is Ian Crocker? And he's up next. The Bull Radio Football Show. If you don't enjoy the football chat on here then you probably don't have a football pulse uh, to be honest we do it Monday to Friday 5 till 7 Alec McLeish will be with us uh, later on talking Scotland talking European football as well of course with those two massive matches uh, tonight we're going to be speaking as well later on to Ryan Porteous the Hibs defender who's won his first call up to the senior Scotland squad what a prospect he is and we'll talk to him later on of course Stevie Clark named his squad for three matches upcoming uh, a week tonight yes it's a week tonight at Hamden Scotland-Israel that playoff semi-final talking of massive matches followed by a couple of Nations League qualifiers four out of six we are so far somehow not quite sure how that happened Scotland-Slovakia is uh, the Sunday after the Israel game and then it's Scotland against the Czech Republic that is Wednesday the 14th of October get those dates in your diary one man who will already have them etched into his diary is Sky Sports commentator Ian Crocker hi Ian hi Rob how you doing I was just uh, giving you a wee diary note there but you all, you'd all those you'd all those stashed away you're going to be doing a fair bit of talking in the next couple of weeks about Scotland yeah yeah the game's come thick and fast three in a week and of course the big playoff as well just a shame that uh Obviously, it won't be a full house, but we've got to get on with it and, and hope for the best and that Scotland can get through to Norway or Serbia. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the two games upcoming are important as well, obviously, but they seem to have been a, a lost in the shadows a little bit at the moment because we're just totally obsessed with this game a week tonight. Uh, can we do it? That's the question. It's probably just as well that the playoff comes first in tennis out of all the three fixtures. I think there's a good chance. I know Israel uh, gave Scotland the game last month in the in the Nations League, and their front two in particular look pretty decent for sure. But um, some of the English, well, all of the English-based players for Scotland have got an extra month of playing now. They'll be sharper, and I think there's a really good chance Scotland will rise to this occasion. Norway, Serbia away could be a different matter. Obviously, going to be tough. Would have preferred home advantage. 
But yes, I'm trying to be positive and hopeful <laughs> and do fancy Scotland to get past Israel at least. I had, the, I had the great pleasure of working with Ian during uh, the time at Satanta Sports. Uh, it's a bad word in so many ways, isn't it, for Scottish football? But it was good for, for five years when, when we were working there. How long have you... I mean, you were obviously working for Sky before that and then re- returned to work for, for Sky again. When, when was your first uh, match... When was your first commentary on Scottish football? On Scottish football, my first one was actually for Grampian TV, the Aberdeen Dunfermline playoff in 1995. Uh, right. Uh, yeah, I got that gig via a guy that you know well, Colin Davidson, who used to work at Grampian TV. But my first for Sky was in 1998, uh, when the SPL started. 22 years on and off, but mostly on. And of course, that does span the time. I know that Scotland haven't qualified for a major tournament. <laughs> yeah, it's your fault. It's not my fault. Yeah. It's not my fault. <laughs> did, uh, did, did you worry about acceptance at that early stage when you first when an English voice doing, doing Scottish football were, were you concerned about how you would be greeted up here? Not massively no and generally most, most people are fine have been really good I know some Scotland fans would rather have a Scottish voice commentating on the national team in particular and I kind of get that but we do always have a Scottish co-commentator of course and um, yeah but I've just, I've just really enjoyed it and I, I would watch Scotland ahead of England now it gets to you like that and we've had too many nearly but not quite stories over those 22 years. It would be nice to finally make it to a major tournament. And I think this group of players is good enough to do it. Ian, it's Ali here. You've got an incredible voice. Had you always known that that's what you wanted to do? Or have you worked on it to get that voice so cool? Thank you, Ali. No, well, it just kind of came natural, really. But, uh, yeah, I started off working in... Um, uh, well, working at West Ham, actually, doing the public address, Tannoy announcements. That was my first sort of broadcasting type of job and then broke into Capital Radio in London and and so on. Uh, My mum always had a very good voice but uh, I was brought up in Dorset then moved to live in London then worked in Birmingham for quite a while and obviously do a lot in Scotland so I'm not quite sure if I've got an accent or whatever it is. Uh, I can't be sure having worked my way up the country. Well I think it sounds brilliant. What's your idea of a good commentary Ian? A good commentary? I like a lot of goals. a five-goal thriller when everything goes right. I like those bizarre one-off games like the 6-6 Motherwell Hibs that we'll probably never see the like again. Um, I like watching really good teams. Um, I saw quite a lot of the Manchester United team that won the treble that season covering their Saturday afternoon games. Fantastic team. Um, yeah, just uh, just uh, when you get a lot of goals, you get a lot of excitement. Um, late drama like the Hibs Cup final victory at long last, 2016. Been lucky enough to commentate on so many great occasions, but of course, ultimately, what makes the a great commentary is getting through without making a mistake, Rob, as you all know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Ian, it's Simon Donnelly here. Simon, how you doing? How you doing? You okay? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, I'm just wondering. Obviously, with the bizarre circumstances just now, and you're covering all these Scotland games over the years, and you'll have experienced the Tartan Army at Hamden Park. How how are you finding it yourself, commentating in these games? without the fans there because I covered a game a couple of weeks ago at St Mirren Park for Celtic and I found the whole thing bizarre you know everybody in the stand can hear your voice how are you finding it? Uh, Exactly the same a weird experience I started doing these games in empty stadiums back in June when the Premier League in England resumed and the Championship down there and the first one I had was in Newcastle and you can imagine that uh, being there sat in the stand without 50,000 screaming Geordies it was just 
it was just, and even though you kind of get used to it, you don't want to get used to it, and you still turn up at every game going, oh, just imagine if we had a crowd here, what it would be like, what the yeah. atmosphere would be like. I keep saying to myself, I've got to stop saying that, but it's just so true. I watched Liverpool in the Carabao Cup, we covered them last week, and it, although it was their second team, they were magnificent, scored seven goals at, at Lincoln. But you think even from Lincoln's point of view, the fans would have got a chance to see that. Coming in to see Liverpool, yeah. Yeah, and it's just, it's, Everybody's missing so much, and I hope that we can find a way, even even taking small steps to uh, to get fans back in somehow, because uh, because they are sorely missed, and, and just never going to get never going to get used to it. I, I, I want to be stuck in a traffic jam after a game again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you'll regret saying that, yeah. <laughs> The, the the one benefit is a quick get, getaway at the moment, isn't it? But I think I think we, as you say, we'd all trade that in for a bit more, a bit of atmosphere and fans uh, being able to let off steam. Because uh, I mean, it's su- it's such a big miss for football fans, Ian, isn't it? At, at the moment, that there isn't that outlet. Totally, um, you know, and, and like I say, we, we've all got a. We've been lucky enough to be at the, the games, of course, and to to commentate. I mean, you know, an immense privilege. But I do feel for for many fans who are, who are kind of stuck watching us that they can't go, can't go to their um, and watch their team in person. And, and like I say, I, I know the arguments from both sides, but I just hope there's a way soon when things maybe calm down a little bit that we can gradually get a few back in. It is working in some countries. So let's hope that the day is, is not too far away, even though it doesn't look particularly close at the moment. I'm forever hopeful because, like I say, these it's just a, a weird experience. And when you uh, when you can hear everybody in, in the stadium sort of echoing around, um, it, it's something you're never going to get used to. I guess if there's one particular commentator right next to you who's a bit louder, you'll hear him more without the, the extra noise. But as a, a fan, uh, and of course going to the games and doing a bit of the, the TV at it, it's completely different to the commentary that, that you all do. For for us, how does that feel as a commentator to not have the fans there? As in, do they help you with your excitement? Do they add to that momentum when you're when you're talking? Most definitely, because you sort of raise your voice to cut above the crowd noise because you've, you've got it in your headphones. I actually do, do cheat on these games. I, I do have fake crowd noise in do my you? headphones. Yeah, because I just can't... It, it just gets you a bit more up and gets your voice going a bit more. I don't have it on particularly loud, but it's just there bubbling under and it... it it kind of helps you when you're commentating because otherwise it would just be so eerie and, and echoey and you'd hear, all you'd hear is the other commentators in the ground and all the coaching staff and the players <laughs> shouting, which, uh, which is what it was to start with. But we had the opportunity via Sky to have our own big crowd noise and, and the viewers indeed can get that at home as well. But uh, I like to have that in my headphones and imagine that there's people actually in the stadium you complete fraud crocker <laughs> that's brilliant do you not do that then? I, no, I, no, I, no I, I haven't I, the, the only reason I don't do it is I haven't thought about it but I'm going to think about it now I'll tell you that so it's not a bad idea what, what do you make Ian though of, of the, the effects that is fed into the into the ground to try and make up for the, for the absence of a crowd yeah I mean uh, some do it and some don't don't they um, uh, where were we the other day there was, I think it was was it Motherwell where they did have the crowd noise coming around the stadium? It doesn't bother me at all, um, and I think it's one of them. Some people like it, some people don't. I just prefer to hear a bit of noise. I don't care how, which which way. Um, but uh, you know, ultimately, it would be nice to hear the, the proper fans fan noise when uh, when they get themselves back in the stadium, and, and we we're all longing for that day. 
If someone had told you in 1998 as you were setting out on your coverage of, of Scottish football that the national team wouldn't be at another finals as it was in 98 uh, to 2020 and counting, Ian, I guess you would have uh, suggested some treatment at that stage for them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it has been a ridiculously long time. And as we've said, so many sort of hard luck stories that you kind of get fed up talking about them and always get hammered if I do talk about them. So I'll try to stop talking about them. But uh, I actually covered Scotland when I was working in radio in Euro 96 in England and, and did their games where, of course, they should have... Uh, they should have battered Switzerland more than they did on that uh, on that final night. But um, I think that, that was just a fantastic experience with the Tartan Army all around, of course. Um, lucky enough to do another tournament in South Africa at the World Cup. Um, haven't done many, but uh, it's hard to imagine that the that generations of fans haven't had, been able to experience a tournament. Many of my colleagues in the media as well. It waited so long to cover Scotland in a major tournament. So it would just be really, really good if we could turn the corner now um, and uh, let's have enough of the nearly but not quite stories and actually make it to a major tournament and maybe trot out at uh, Hamden next year if, if all is well. And it is a bit of a head-scratcher, Simon, isn't it? I mean, you played 10 times for Scotland yourself. When, when, you, when you look at some of the quality in that squad, yes, we're deficient in some fairly obvious departments, but in others, um, that we've, got, we've got some real star players and I think right from the word go, we all, we all, sort of back, we all wanted Stevie Clark, I think, for, for the job um, and, and we were thinking, he's going to make this work. Yeah, listen, I've been back in the Scotland campaign for the last two or three campaigns. I think some of the players that we've got, we have a decent squad. Unfortunately, I'm looking at it just now, we're probably overloaded in the midfield with good players. Uh, we've got two great left backs that are now down in the English Premiership. Uh, we have the players there. We have the quality there. It's just getting the 11 on the park to perform. And I think, going back to the Israel game, before the last Israel game, I think when, when Forrest scored, we looked really strong and I'm just hoping that the performance against Israel a couple of weeks back is a reason of just coming back you know after this lockdown I think we're now three four weeks on the boys have played more football and I'm hoping for a better performance Ian was that was that a wasted exercise to try Scott McTominay in a back three and that it didn't really work and, and you don't imagine that's going to be happening a week tonight no, I wouldn't have thought so. I think he, I think he might well stick with a back three to to try and keep Kieran Tierney in, but yeah. maybe use other options. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was fairly criticised at the time, and and he and he stuck with it, playing him there. But that that is uh, Simon touched on there. The, it's typical for Scotland that the best players we have are <laughs> probably all left backs or. <laughs> similar sort of midfielders um, and, and when you think about the left backs uh, you know Robertson Tierney um, Taylor and then we've got like Josh Doig coming through and Aaron Hickey to fit in somehow in the future yeah. and um, but I, I watched uh, Aston Villa the other night and saw a, a kind of different John McGinn to to sort of the end of last season he looks well up to speed and, and I think that'll be a similar story for quite a lot of those players who had hardly played when we played Israel first time around so we can only hope so but yeah typical that, that we're a bit short in various departments but listen no, nothing is straightforward with Scotland as we've discovered That's going to be a fair old Villa midfield to, uh, to, to select now isn't it with Barkley having been uh, signed as well alongside Grealish and McGinn yeah, they look uh, quite good this season so far, Aston Villa. Only just uh, survived last season, but they 
where they didn't particularly buy well. But this season, I think they have bought well and loaned well. And um, listen, I don't think they'll be doing, uh, they'll be sort of troubling the top teams, but I think they could be comfortable in the division. And uh, it's always it's always fun watching uh, watching John McGinn play there, of course. And uh, as I say, I think he could be, a, as he often has been in recent games, a pivotal figure for Scotland next week. Barry Ferguson is a regular in the studio, Ian, a couple of nights a week, and um, he pick. I got him to pick his team, his selection. He got it. He actually got it right last time. He he, he agreed with uh, Stevie Clark's selection for the for the last Israel game. This time he's going for Marshall and goals. Cooper Porteous he's got in and McKenna. Now here's the really controversial one to to get Tierney and Robertson, and he's put one at right wing back and one at left wing back. Um, so I don't know what you reckon to that. McGinn, McGregor, Christie in the middle, uh, Dykes and Shankland up front. What sort of team does that sound to you? Yeah, I like the sound of the strike force. I think Lyndon Dykes now is uh, is is the first striker name on the uh, team sheet, or the only one if we if it's one up. But um, I know Kieran Tierney's played there before on on the right side and. The thing with Kieran is you can throw him in anywhere and he'll do a, a job for you and get on with it. Um, maybe that is a, a way of doing it, but he has been playing in this back three at Arsenal on the left side, and comfortably so, and the Arsenal fans absolutely love him to bits, as we all knew they would. Um, so, yeah, it's an interesting one, but if you did put him there, then, you, you as I say, you'd get on with it and you'd do a job. I don't think you'd be looking at, uh, at being a particularly weak position just because he'd be on the wrong foot. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, so here's the question then, Crocs. Uh, a week tonight, Hampden Park, seven forty-five kickoff. Are you going to be screaming the lights out with those fake effects in your headphones? <laughs> are you going to be screaming uh, for a Scotland win that gets us to the playoff final? Well, so ironic that it would have been full up, of course, as well with the Tartan Army believing again and everybody uh, hoping that it was going to happen. But it's going to be uh, that and the old firm are going to be the weirdest experiences in empty stadiums I think I would have had and have had a fair bit over the past three months. But in answer to your question, I do think with the English-based guys, you know, having had more playing time under their belt, um, and I think Scotland are going to do it. It won't be, it won't be straightforward because it never is, as I say. Um, I could see a 2-1 or something like that, and it'll be there'll be something happening that will make us think it's not going to happen, and then it could, uh, because that's the way Scotland do it. Uh, but yes, going to be positive, and then hope that uh, they can finish the job in Norway or Serbia. But it's just a shame that that, that uh, if they do get through, that that game's not a hand easier because it would have been a tad easier. But hey, who needs easy when you're Scotland? <laughs> exactly, that sums it up. Ian, uh, look forward to seeing you next week, and thanks for joining us on the show. Cheers, we'll Ian. do. Cheers, all. Cheers, Thanks, Ian. Cheers. Ian Crocker, who will be the voice of Scotland against Israel next Thursday night. You can join the show as well. 0808 17 17 700. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. Yeah, that was good to hear from Ian Crocker, who will be commentating on Scotland Israel next week. Uh, Simon, an Englishman suffering with us, with us Scots, um, at our failure to reach our finals. Maybe it's all going to change in the next week or two. I hope so. I hope so. It's funny. I don't associate him with being English because he's commentated in the Scotland games yeah. for so long. Yeah. But on the uh, question of my team, I, I think he's agreeing with me with one or two of the positions for later on. He's agreeing with you. Yeah. Is Barry Ferguson agreeing with you? 
Uh, there's a couple of wee differences. Are you keeping it under wraps oh, for under now? Under wraps for now, yeah. Did you raise your eyebrows when I said uh, wing back, right wing back for Kieran Tierney? Yes. Did you quirk that's, a Roger Moore eyebrow at that point? One of, that's one of the differences, yep. Ah, okay, right. We'll get more details later. He's uh, not speaking easy, is he? <laughs> he's not at all. Holding he's putting back. up a pretty tight defence here. Scotland, Israel uh, next Thursday, Scotland, Slovakia the following Sunday. And Scotland against the Czech Republic. That is Wednesday, the 14th of October. Those upcoming Scotland dates for your diary. It's a very busy night tonight, as we've just had earlier. Ian Crocker uh, and plenty more to come. Alec McLeish is on the way, Ran Porteous. But right now, it's uh, our pleasure to have on a wonderful lady who we're getting the pleasure to, to speak to for the first time on the Go Radio Football Show. It's Fiona Brown. Fiona, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? We're really good. Now, for, for those of you who are just tuning in for the first time, Fiona is a Scottish women's national team. You've played there, well, with them since under-16s, but you're also a forward for FC Rosengard. How did that come about? Um, yeah, it was uh, quite random, really. I obviously played in Glasgow um, growing up. I was at Celtic and then got the move to Glasgow City. Played there for number of seasons and then um, in the Champions League we played against a Swedish team um, and I performed well in the games so at the end of that season they um, they uh, were interested and it was a, I'd just come back from a long term injury so kind of was ready to, to take the step and go away and, and be a full time professional so it was um, yeah, probably a bit of a risk but it, it paid off. Are you enjoying life over there in, in Sweden? Yeah, I absolutely love it. This is my fourth year out here. So, um, yeah, absolutely love it. It's, it's a great place to live. The culture, the lifestyle, it's, it's class. And obviously get to be a full-time professional and live a completely professional lifestyle. So, um, yeah, dream come true for me, really. See, what I was noticing earlier in the week, uh, and many of you who are on Twitter have probably seen it, at Go Football Show, um, we'll retweet it if we haven't already, but your new strip, or the strip that you're playing in, is pink. It's for charity as well. Tell us about it, because it looks tremendous. Yeah, it's uh, it's a belter, to be fair. Um, <laughs> no, obviously, October is uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, so the club have decided to... Um, produce these strips that are obviously bright pink and we're going to play all our league games in October um, wearing these strips then they will be auctioned off at the end um, the end of the month I think the auction the bidding can start in mid-October obviously I'll have more details I'll be able to put out on the on social media and stuff soon but um, yeah it, people can donate now or um, they can join the bid the bidding war um, after after we've played in the games but we're hoping to raise a lot of money we've got a team full of internationalists from all over the world so hopefully some big names and some some big bids for for those tops and as you say Fiona it's a, a belter of a strip certainly is um you you alluded there to your injury problems I mean you've had horrendous uh, I'm, I'm right in saying you're 25 yeah 25 you've had, you've had some horrendous injury problems haven't you um is it two cruciate operations you've had yeah, unfortunately. So um, I got my first one when I was pretty young, so um, only 16, 17, um, when I picked up that first one, which was probably just due to the fact of the, the change in intensity and the rise in the rise of women's football, obviously. Um, things things got better, and I was pretty young playing at, uh, in women's football. So, um, yeah, I got that injury, and then um, another one in 2015 playing for the national team. So that's been pretty unlucky but uh, 
obviously come back from them, had a bad injury last year for a knee surgery, which was probably the worst of all, even though it was, it was a bit unknown, really. So um, it's been a long road back from them, but every time it's worth it, and every time I seem to be able to come back stronger and bounce back. So, um, and, yeah. and do you have that toughness about you, or have you discovered it in the course of, of recovery? Because presumably, uh, mentally, it must be so difficult as well to, to convince yourself that you're going to be okay. Yeah, 100%. I think mentally it's, it's the toughest part. Physically, I think um, you can always you can always push yourself to a limit and, and do it, but mentally it's um, brutal. You obviously play a team sport for a reason and then you're in the game alone, kind of um, battling, battling your way back. But yeah, I think a bit of both, really. I'm, I'm, I've always been very determined, very competitive. When I put my mind to something, I'm, I'm going to make sure I do it or I do as well as I can at it. So had that a little bit from just um, when I was growing up and things, but definitely learned a lot about myself throughout the course of the three injuries and actually getting getting through them. I learned probably most most about myself that I ever have and how strong I can be and how how just to focus my mind on something and get it done. But um, yeah, you can always you can either sink or swim in these situations, and you can either learn something from it, you're going to be injured, you're injured either way, so you can either learn something from it or you can be miserable for the nine months or whatever it takes. So for me, I'd always rather take take the positives than try and take something from it, at least and learn. We've got former Celtic star Simon Donnelly with us in the studio. I guess you can relate to that uh, conversation about coming back from injury, Simon. Yeah, hi Fiona, hi. Uh, hi. It's, uh, it's the downside of professional football, you know, how did, you, how did you do for injuries? I was okay at Celtic. Uh, I picked up a, an injury in my second season. After that, I was fine. It was when I went to Sheffield Wednesday, I had a real problem. Missed out the best part of a year, which was really a strengthening issue that I was, my hamstrings were breaking down continuously. And as I was out for nine months. And the frustrating thing is, you get back and you break down, you get back, you break down. You're getting sent to places, you're getting misdiagnosed, you're getting told you need this up, that up. It was frustrating. And it was, because at one point you're questioning, am I going to be back? You know, are you going to be fit again? So I can relate to, to Fiona's problems. It's, it's it's the tough side of football, you know. And at the time I was fortunate, there was one or two other guys in the changing room in the, the recovery uh, in the gym that you kind of pulled each other along Uh and at, at times it can be lonely because you're you're looking out, you're watching all your teammates training, and that's ultimately what you want to do. So it's looking back now, it was a it was a horrible time. Yeah. Can, and are you, are you totally fine now, Fiona? Yeah, I've been um, building up, building up, and building up. Came back in summer, so um, obviously with COVID, everything's a bit um, up in the air. So our league was delayed, and then we played quite um, compact and, and intensively for about three, two or three months. So at that point, it was it was quite difficult to really build up um, between games and get really good sort of game-related training sessions in and, and build up minutes because there just wasn't time. Everything was tactical between sessions and stuff. So um, really starting to build that up now, but feeling really good um, training all, all the time, getting on bits of games now, getting built, my minutes built up. So really starting to push on and, and take back get back to my level really and, and compete for my, my spot again so that's to be honest there was times when, when I was told that I would never get there and kind of started believing it but to get to this stage now where 
actually training pain free, being able to walk up the stairs without being in pain, like all this kind of small things that are just you take for granted. Yeah, I love yeah. playing football. Yeah, you take it for granted completely. So yeah. I love playing football and to be back on the pitch every day is. Feel honestly, ha- I'm I'm so grateful. How how's the match envi- match the environment over there in Sweden? Because here we are experiencing teams not being able to shower after games and stuff like that. What, what's it like over there? Well, you've probably seen them in the news and been quite well broadcast and talked about and debated that Sweden didn't ever, ever lock down yeah. um, during the course of COVID. So I'm down in the south of Sweden, I'm down in Malmo, so right. we actually didn't really get hit badly at all. It was All the numbers were kind of up in Stockholm. You've, never, um, you've not really experienced and, anything different at all then? I mean, there's obviously restrictions on our games, like yeah. um, global restrictions from UEFA and, and FIFA and things like that. There's obviously restrictions with that, travelling with, with the mask on. Um, when we go into games, obviously, you're not meant to be... I mean, for me, it's a bit ridiculous that we're, we can't go out walking side by side with the other team onto the pitch, but yeah. we're going to play 90 minutes against yeah. each other. We'll so come up against each other, I know. You've just got to tick box, really, and do, but we've been very fortunate not to... It's not been a huge, huge, huge change to our lifestyle over here. We've been obviously bubbled with the team, but being a foreign player over here, the, the only people I really socialise with, bar a couple, are within the team. So um, for that way, it's, it's been OK. I managed to get home for the first time um, a few weeks ago, actually, just we had a few days off, and it was right before things got bad again, so I've timed it well. But even being at home and seeing how it's been for everyone at home and just seeing the difference with my family, just kind of living a wee bit, not in fear, but just, I see a massive difference in everyone. I think it's mentally having a toll on everyone too, so being away from home, I'm, I'm very, very grateful that it's not been that way here. Now, the, there are these games, uh, Scotland games, Fiona coming up, Albania and Finland. Are they coming coming up scheduled for this month? Uh, I'm saying coming up. Are, are they definitely going to happen? Um, I mean, at this moment in time, we hope so. Um, it's been... The last games were postponed till February, but to be honest, uh, we're hoping so, but I don't think anyone really knows what, what's going to happen next week or what's happening in the corner. We're really hoping that there's going to be the opportunity to play, to play because a lot of the other national teams managed to play this time, obviously, with the restrictions, but managed to get it done. So I'm really hopeful that it's the same for us this time. But um, as it stands, yeah, we're, we're due to play, so... Let's just hope it stays that way. Yeah, because it's uh, Scotland-Albania the 23rd, Finland away 27th, and then in November it's Portugal away and Finland at home. That's the that's the schedule. Um, and I guess we're <laughs> you're talking about the state we're all in back here, the, the way we are everywhere around the world. Uh, we're just uh, desperately hoping that, that those games can happen. Yeah, I think so too. There are obviously big games for us and... We're desperate to qualify for the Euros again, so we need to hopefully get results and get the, the games played. But as you say, we don't know what's going to happen around the corner or how the restrictions are going to be. So fingers crossed they go ahead. Um, before you go, just one last uh, plug for the for the strip and the the fundraising. Yeah, no. Um, obviously, thanks so much for for supporting it, and hopefully we can raise as much money as possible for such a good cause. So. Um, I'll be able to get more details soon on social media about how we can bid and how we can uh, raise as much money as possible. But um, it's yeah, it's going to be a great cause, and hopefully we can pick up as many points as we can 
wearing those strips yeah. so it's extra good for us I'm going to bid as much as I can I'm not I don't get paid as much as Rob or Sid I'm well, sure <laughs> you better check the small print but, uh, before gonna, you say anything I'm like joking, that I'm joking I'm going to check my pennies <laughs> and I'll put in what I can hopefully I'll get one Fiona really good to talk to you yeah, thanks very much. Take care. Good luck, Fiona. And all the best. Yeah, Cheers, Fiona. That's uh, Fiona Brown of um, Rosengard in Sweden and Scotland, of course. The Celtic team has been named to face uh, Sarajevo in Bosnia. We're going to talk more about it as the show goes on. But uh, just before we go to the news at six, it is Barkas Taylor Duffy Beaton. I'm reading it really quickly. <laughs> Simon's struggling to write it down. Brown, <laughs> Christie, Eduard, Elianusi. Um, Frimpong, Ayer and McGregor this version will probably help Simon uh, it looks to me like Bark, uh, Barkas in goals back three of Beaton, Duffy and Ayer wingbacks Frimpong and Taylor Brown and McGregor in the central midfield Christie and El Yunusi supporting Odson Edouard does that sound okay to you? That's, uh, that sounds pretty strong yep that oh. sounds right good man we'll speak more about that uh, after the news on the Go Radio Football Show the Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go! Yeah, here we go again. The headphones are back on. Was Too it quite, much good was chat it, going yeah, on. It was, it was such a long spell off there with the break and the news. I was just into the cough guard. I was. I was in a totally relaxed mode there. And then suddenly I heard the music and I thought, I recognise that. It's the start of the second hour. Here we go. But a pretty good first hour. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. And you can be part of it as well. Get involved. Give us a call. 0808 17 17 700. Maybe jump on those texts 87474 put go at the start or do the socials at go football show where you will see a very lovely picture of Sid Donnelly (laughs) (laughs) which we were just talking about which is why we were so busy laughing fresh faced and he still is even in his I think you look better now than your picture in all fairness thanks very much hopefully my hair looks better yeah it looks good and at least you're being served in pubs now if you you can get in (laughs) and you've got to be out at 10 the ID (laughs) I know exactly Um, I got an ID for a DVD the other day did you? uh huh god (laughs) I'm mortified what's a DVD? oh it was an 18 that could be a problem no, it wasn't anything fun. I was okay. meant to be. I thought I was in the DVD, but they cut my scene, so I wasn't even in it. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> it's not even worth talking about. The problem is on this show sometimes uh, we're enjoying it so much um, we get a little bit carried away. Right, let's get back to business with the Celtic team. Uh, we'll give it to you just before the news and a- another chance to take it all in. Now. Sarajevo tonight in Bosnia, seven o'clock kickoff, which is now less than an hour away. So it's Barkas in goals, uh, a back three of Beton Duffy and Ayer uh, Frimpong and Taylor are the wing backs Brown and McGregor central midfield Christie and El Yunusi uh, supporting Odson Edouard Edouard the only change to the starting lineup, which beat Hibs on Sunday uh, obviously Albion Ayeti is injured at the moment and un- unavailable although you'd imagine Odson Edouard would have returned in any case on the bench uh, for Celtic tonight Bain Julian El Hamed Incham Turnbull Klimala and Lee Griffiths. Simon, what do you think? Yeah, it looks strong. Uh, I, I'm not surprised there wasn't much change from the weekend. Uh, I think you're right. Odson would have played regardless. You know, Ayeti's come in and did really well. Obviously picks up a hamstring injury at the weekend, scoring the goal. But yeah, I'd have expected Edward to come back in and lead the line. Uh, I think El Yunusi's found a little bit of form, you know, a, a bit of confidence from the, the goal last week as well. So yeah, I like the look of the team. Yeah, I think there's more to come. I think that that seems to be the broad agreement about El Yunusi at the moment. We heard from him right at the top of the show talking about the game. Um, but he has got more to bring to the table, hasn't he? 
Yeah, I think his form towards the end of the year last year. I, th- I remember watching the the semi final w- w- against Hibs at Hamden, and I thought he was really beginning to come to the fore in the Celtic team. And I think there was a, a little bit of injury, and for whatever reason, never really found that form at the start of this season. But the goal last week will have given him huge confidence, and I think we'll see a better Elianus in the next few games. Let's hear from manager Neil Lennon talking firstly here uh, just about the importance and reminding everyone that in the midst of uh, Celtic's bid for 10 in a row um, that uh, success in Europe is always crucial. Europe's important to Celtic every year, no matter what the stakes are domestically. So, you know, we were given it, you know, every we're prepared well for it, we're ready to go. And, you know, we uh, will approach the game with real intent to win it and uh, look forward to going through hopefully and then see what you know the group brings but we're going to have to play well we're going to have to play strong play disciplined but I think it's important that we have European football Former Celtic star Simon Donnelly with us on the Go Radio Football Show um, Were you worried at all this season? Have you been worried going into these European games that prioritising might be a problem and that, and that, and that the domestic uh, aim, the big target, this really special season potentially might get in the way of Europe because it might be a distraction. I don't think so. I don't think. Uh, I don't think Lenny would allow it. I don't think the players would allow it. You know, I think the players are focused on it's Celtic and Rangers. You're, you're you're under the pressure to win every game, regardless of what tournament you're in. Uh, you can't put one tournament ahead of another one. So, yeah, they had the disappointment in the Champions League and going out, and especially looking at the team that. You know, I think they were beatable, the Hungarians, and they've now found themselves in the, the, the league stage. So it's a frustrating thing for Celtic, but this is the next best thing. And the fans demand success in Europe as well. So I, I don't see Lenny or the players taking their eye off the ball with this one. He said himself, they're prepared, and I think they'll put in a good performance tonight. And uh, Sarajevo will certainly not be underestimated. Uh, Celtic scraped through with that late goal. 1-0 was enough, though, uh, in Latvia against uh, Riga. So what about Sarajevo, Neil Lennon? Yeah, I mean, they're in good form. You know, they've won the last four games. They're a big physical team, well-organised set players, and you know they've got a bit of pace in, in the wider areas. So we know it's going to be a difficult game, you know, just as much as Riga was last week. You know, Riga gave everything. We imagine Sarajevo will do the same. And we have to, you know, match that intensity if they bring it and bring our own intensity to the game because the game oh, means, yeah. means as much to us as anybody else, really, for a season. And it'll mean plenty to them as well. They'll be on a revenge mission, won't they? Because Russia, Celtic yeah. knocked them out in the Champions League qualifiers a year ago. So so they've got that big incentive, Simon. Yeah, it'll be a difficult game. It will be a difficult game. I think Rangers and Celtic are both in for difficult nights and will have to be at the top of their game to go through. Uh, I think it will need to be a better performance than last week. Uh, but I just feel I've seen signs at the weekend, you know, and hopefully they can take those bits of form but it's an attractive, creative play that we, we kind of recognise with Celtic for last year. We can take that into tonight's game, but it's a, it's a tough test. How much of a miss is James Forrest? Because you just don't have to think back <clears throat> too far to think of the last big European goal he scored. Yeah, but, like, James has popped up in Europe. It, it, it comes into a wee bit of cri- unfair criticism, I feel, James Forrest. Incredible. Uh, if you look at his goals and assists and his medal haulage over the years and scoring in finals and scoring in Lazio... He seems to be one of these players that revels in the big games. So, yeah, it will be a miss tonight, but as I say, Frimpong playing there, I really like the guy. I've, I've watched him over the year that he's he's broke on the scene. He's refreshing, uh, he's young, he's enthusiastic, he's quick. 
when he gets to the byline, I like the way that he looks up and tries to pick people out. He's he's a real threat, so he's he's a good substitute for for James tonight. But again, on nights like this, you wouldn't be surprised with the likes of a Forest popping up with the, the the important goal. I saw Danny McGrain speaking about him, quoted in the papers <coughs> the other day about Jeremy Frimpong, saying that maybe further down the line he might be a fifty million pounds player. And and absolutely, he could. Be. I mean, he's only nineteen. I mean, he's incredible already. He's the quickest thing you can see. And and who knows how he could uh, progress, how he could improve over the years. Yeah, I've seen that article uh, actually with Danny. What, what would that make Danny of? Been worth then. Well, exactly. <laughs> Two hundred million. What a Rolls Royce he was! <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable. But uh, no, I, I covered the games, and when he burst on the scene, he was exciting. He got backsides off seats. It's the old cliche, but he does. He excites uh, fans. He takes people on, and I love to see that. He takes people out of the equation, boring down on the back four. And people question his defensive abilities, but I don't really find the boy wanting at all. They, they talk about his size, but for many fullbacks over the years, I could rhyme off four or five diminutive fullbacks. You know, uh, I don't really see anybody. I, I don't see him falling short defensively at all. But obviously, his, his strengths are attacking. Neil Lennon's been doing plenty of chopping and changing with the team of late, and that squad rotation has been getting a bit of stick. Everything's different this season. You know, and I don't normally make as, as you know maybe three to four changes in a game. It's just balancing the the depth of the squad, getting players game time because they've had a long layoff, keeping them motivated, keeping them incentivized, and that's what we've endeavoured to do. You know, things again will settle down domestically after the window. You know, we'll have a full idea of what our squad is, and we'll use that to the best that we can. Do you understand Simon what he's doing at the moment? Yeah, and uh, listen, it's. <laughs> Everything's going to be magnified this year because of what's at stake. And I think his experience will count here. Uh, the players have been over the course the last few years, demands, demands, demands. And yeah, again, we're in unprecedented times where the boys have had a long time doing nothing. So he's got a squad there. I've, I've been in that side of the game myself when you've got to keep 20 plus people happy in a dressing room. It's not easy. So I can see where he's coming from. They just need to keep winning games because, as we've seen in the Champions League uh, tie, he didn't play with a recognised forward. He obviously had his reasons. And if they'd won that game, nobody would have blinked an eyelid. But unfortunately for Celtic, they didn't. And everything gets magnified on the back of that. And I think Neil Lennon is pretty effective at uh, closing everything on the outside out, keeping it out. Yeah, I think that's important as well. Uh, I think he deals well with the press, you know, and I think they'll be he'll, he'll act differently, obviously, in the dressing room towards the players. He'll know what makes each player tick in there and how to get the best out of them. He's been working with them long enough now in a successful period again. He knows what he's doing. The transfer window, of course, uh, closes. Uh, seems as if it's been open for ages, probably because it has. It does close, though, in now a few days' time, and the Celtic gaffer will not be disappointed. No, absolutely not, no. Basically, you know, we want the week to end as quickly as possible. We want to keep all the players. If we can add one to the squad, great. If we can't, you know, I'm still very happy with the bunch of players that I've got, you know, and they will get better now, though. It'll set things will settle down. There'll be um, you know a lot more focus on on our season after that. Do you think we'll see any more movement in or out at Celtic? Well, I think we're, we're probably expecting a, a left-sided player maybe before Monday coming in. Anyone out? 
I don't think so. I don't think so. There's obviously been the speculation right through with Odds and Edward uh, because he's such an important player in the team. I, I don't see him going. Uh, whether they bring somebody in, I think I've, I've written down here the boys saying, you know, I don't know how much is truth is in that. Uh, but yeah, as, 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 as Lenny says there himself, I think he'll be looking for the transfer window to shut as quick as possible. Must be a nice situation to be in as a manager to think, you know what, I'm quite happy with the squad. I don't want necessarily to have an addition. I'm not sure how many managers will be in that he's same got, position. He's got strength and depth there. I mean, we're touching on Griff again there. It was great to see him back in the bench at the weekend. He's on the bench again tonight. That that means he's back in the fray. And I still think he's got a hell of a lot to offer. A fat Lee Griffiths. Uh, El Yunusi's found a bit of form. Turnbull we touched on earlier on. On the bench again tonight. I think he'll figure... And Cham was a big player last year, so he's, he, he does have a lot to choose from. And in case you're just joining us, that Celtic team, which kicks off in about 45 minutes in Bosnia against Sarajevo, Barkas in goals, uh, Beaton, Duffy and Ayer, Frumpong and Taylor are the wing-backs, Brown and McGregor in the middle, Christie and El Yunusi, the support and operating presumably in the wide areas as well in support of Odson Edouard, the main striker. That's the one change from the team which beat Hibs on Sunday. Albion Ayeti, of course, was out of contention. Let's talk Rangers, that game that kicks off uh, 45 minutes later at Ibrox. Rangers against Galatasaray. Both teams, of course, tonight are shooting for a place in the group stages of the Europa League competition. And we've just heard uh, Neil Lennon talking about the transfer window. What about Rangers and uh, Steven Gerrard? Any other business? Well, I think I've made it pretty clear what I feel we need, but I also respect the club's position and the current climate and the situation that we're in. I do think that, depending on whether we qualify or not, would depend on what we try and do in, in the final days. You know, I think that's a question for people that are above me at the club. I can't really answer that question right now, but I've made it pretty clear what I feel we need to keep moving forward to make sure that we don't stand still. Just to ramp up the importance of tonight's game even more, Stephen Gerrard saying there that what happens tonight and, and Rangers' progress, hopefully both, both teams are in those group stages, but Rangers need to be getting through to uh, generate some more revenue to be able maybe to buy another player or two. It just shows the importance of the, the tie for them. Not only are they looking to progress the team for the fans, for the club, uh, financially, you know, it, it works for them as well uh, to get that one or two extra players in. Again, there's been speculation of their better players as well, like Sir Kent, you know, so Stevie Gerrard will be hoping that they can get that over the line with nobody departing as well. Galatasaray obviously uh, don't have really the, the mystery quality that Sarajevo might have. We don't know too much about the Bosnian side. We know plenty about the 22 times Turkish champions. Look, the Galatasaray are a good team. They've got fantastic players and a good coach. Um, Galatasaray, you know, are a, a well-known team. Big experience on the European stage. Uh, they've got a fantastic players, a really strong spine to the team. You know, we, we know it's going to be a tough test for us. You know, Galatasaray, probably everyone's favourite, but, you know, we're going into this fixture in a good place. You know, we're in good form at home, so <clears throat> our plan is to leave everything out there and see how, see where it takes us. And he did make a point, didn't he? Uh, the minute Rangers got through over the last hurdle, uh, the Rangers would be underdogs, he reckoned, uh, tonight against Galatasaray. They're, they're a big-name team. They are. They are. We, we touched on it earlier in the show, you know... I remember, as I said, it, it triggered the memory of putting Man United out, but they've always been associated around the Champions League. 
uh, with some wonderful teams over the years. So maybe this team hasn't hit the heights. I think you said was it sixth they finished maybe yeah. last year. So they've maybe not hit the heights. But then you rhymed off Falcao and, and uh, Babel. Yeah. So they've still got top quality players there. Uh, maybe a wee bit psychological with Stevie saying they're the favourites because mm-hmm. Rangers are at home and they've done really well last time round away in Holland. So it'll be an interesting one. But I, I fancy Celtic and Rangers both to win tonight. Rangers have got players on form as well. Of course, even minus uh, players who would have been involved. Um, Ryan Jack, maybe he will be involved tonight because he's back in training. Maybe he's pitched straight back in there. But they've been minus Joe Rebo, who's been a big player for them early season. But Scott Arfield has stepped in in the last few weeks and he's been outstanding. The main player who I'd like to mention it has to be Scott Arfield because, you know, at the beginning of the season, he wasn't picked as a starter but at no given moment did he drop his standards or his attitude he took it as a challenge to to win his place back he trained harder he trained better and his opportunity came and he's arguably arguably being our most consistent player so really pleased how scott's gone about his business and he sent a clear message to anyone else that's on the fringe or not getting much game time at the moment He's been great domestically, but he's also got pedigree in Europe. We've seen what he's, he's done against top opposition in the last couple of years for Rangers. Yeah, and it'll be a, a shot in the arm for him, the fact that Stevie Gerrard just went out his way to highlight you know, his form. Uh, again, good management there, you know, giving the boy a boost. But yeah, he played well at the weekend. He was in that team last week uh, in Holland. So yeah, it's, it's strong. You know, you look for players like that to come, kind of come in. If Aribo's the one that's been normally playing there... Arfield has to come in and do a job and as I say he's obviously doing wonderfully well the fact that the manager's highlighting him Still to come Alec McLeish and Ryan Porteous so we better crack on 0808 17 17 700 The Bull Radio Football Show Let's go Rob McLean, Ali Defoy and Simon Donnelly former Celtic star on duty for you tonight on the show the Celtic team is out for that match at 7 o'clock in Bosnia against Sarajevo one change to the team which beat Hibs 3-0 at the weekend Odson Edouard returns and of course Albion Ayeti out injured other than that it is same again after a really good performance for Celtic at the weekend how impressive are Rangers at the weekend as well beating Motherwell 5-1 and tonight for them in the Europa League playoff round it is Galatasaray at Ibrox that's a 7.45 start and we'll get the team news for that one you would imagine in the next 10 minutes or so hopefully let's talk to the former Rangers manager former Scotland manager as well former manager of quite a few others too (laughs) Alec McLeish joins us on the show hi Alec hi Rob how's it going good how are you Yes, I'm fine, pal. Thank you. Strange times, indeed. I know, strange times. But you'll be in a state of excitement, I would imagine, about this Rangers game upcoming. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're trying to get it on the telly here. Um, <laughs> on the Rangers TV. I've got my, my young um, expert with all his wires and stuff, so hopefully we can see it. Oh, gosh, I hope so. You're not going to be much help, I wouldn't imagine. Well, I or Jill, to be I honest. I it's blooming on the telly. It's it, 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 just um, as, as a matter of fact, but yeah. no, it's, it's it's just in Rangers TV. So we're trying to get it, trying to do a wee bit of jiggery pokery with the television. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to go looking for it. Pre- presumably, all totally above board and legal. We should stress at this point. In, in case any, just, yeah. Just, yeah, we have a well. He has um, a, a Rangers TV um, license, so yeah. um, the cable will just part. be from the computer to the telly, just to make it bigger. I'm sure. Yeah, let's not. Aye, let, let's true. not. Well, either that or. We'll 
watching it in a laptop. Yeah. <laughs> Alex, a massive match, isn't it? Um, a big name team as well. Um, I mean, Stephen Gerrard, the minute that Rangers got through and over the last hurdle, he immediately said, we're the underdogs. Uh, Galatasaray are a team with such an impressive pedigree. Yeah, um, he's, he's downplaying it a wee bit. You know, Rangers are in very good form. And I know Ibrooks that that, that uh, they, they can beat anybody. But in saying that, no fans. You know, you, you get the surge of the fans, of course. But the thing about Galatasaray is they'll be used to huge, big uh, crowds as well. And, you know, the, OK, they're, they're still holding their own in, in Turkey. Of course, they're a very strong team. But, you know, it may just um, phase them a little bit, coming away and having no fans there to, to cheer them on. Yeah, and I mean, we were just saying in, earlier in the show as well, I mean, such a big name, 22 times Turkish champions, a, a, a recognisable name in the Champions League, far less the, the Europa League. But but they're in these qualifiers for a reason. And that reason, of course, is that, that last season they were they were sixth in the Turkish League. Yeah, um, yeah I know. It's, it's unlikely they, they need to be up there. That's <laughs> I just come back from Turkey last week, actually, and... And uh, we we met some Galatasaray fans, and, and even more so Fenerbahce fans who implored Rangers to beat them. You know, so <laughs> we 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 were we were getting told you must make Rangers win. <laughs> so um, yeah, but they they are giants, and I, I would say their spending powers are are much more than Rangers. So they are probably ahead in the financial stakes in terms of the the quality of players that they bring in, but. Stevie's got a great run going and uh, there's great confidence surging through iBooks just now with the results. And, you know, long may it continue, uh, starting with, well, you know, moving it on with tonight's game. Yeah. Well, here's, a, here's a breaking news moment, Alec. We can't uh, quite confirm your television coverage of the game yet, but we can't bring <laughs> you the team news <laughs> at this no, stage because it's just come out. So, so it's Alan McGregor and goals. It's Tavernier, Goldson, Hillander and Barisic across the back four. Okay, in, in, in the midfield, Kamara, Davis and Arfield, who's, we were just speaking about him there before the break, uh, the good form he's been in. And it's, I guess, the, the tried and, tr- and trusted front three players as well. It's Hadji and Kent on either side of Alfredo Morelos. What do you what do you reckon yeah. to that team? Yeah, that's, that seems a good team. Uh, I know is, are there some injuries to the other strikers tonight? Are we is Rangers depleted. Well, roofs roofs out. He's he's carrying Roof an injury. Out, yeah, so he yeah. was he Itten wasn't and, and Itten's on the bench. Although he took a knock at the weekend as well. Ryan Jack is on the bench as well. He 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 is back in full training, and you did wonder whether he would be pitched in, but probably no great reason off the back of a, a really good performance at Motherwell at the weekend. Yeah, well, Steve has got a wee bit of um, a squad now to play with and, and uh, rotate it a little bit. And even even with the strikers, providing they're all fit, and yeah, you know, it's the, the last couple of weeks we've seen a, a kind of improvement in form and desire from Morelos. So, uh, yeah, you know, I think it's it's a good team going in tonight. And as you said Arfield was, in, uh, you know, players get inspired by new players coming, and they also it also up this, ups their game a wee bit, and that's why I think Arfield's playing so well. Yeah, I mean, he's had to be patient, hasn't he? I mean, he was Steven yeah. Gerrard's first signing and, and he's 
played in so many big games and, and played so well for, for Rangers at times. But but recently it's been it's been difficult to get in. But as you say, it's it's when you get in you, you have to grab your chance and, and he's done that. He's he's a he's a class performer, isn't he? He's been inspired and, and uh, he's he's been challenged and he's been challenged to help his game and uh, there's no doubt about it in the recent games he, he has risen to the you know see these demands and um, you know long may that continue in terms of the whole squad and you, you know the other guys are now being the sidelines until our field is, is maybe rested or something and then it's their chance so it, it, it really uh, smacks of you know being great competition Alex, how you doing? It's Simon Donnelly. Hi, Simon. How you doing? You okay? Yes, I'm good. I, I, good I just listened to you there. I think you. I think what you're saying there it makes a really good point. Obviously, we are field in terms of Rangers bringing players in that lift the team. Uh, mm-hmm. I've experienced that myself. You will have to as in, in, in your own well, I time. Felt, Simon, you, yeah, yeah, I felt you would you would understand that as well. Um, you know, I remember back in the day with Aberdeen days when. Alex Smith brought in the Dutch boys and yeah. uh, Hans Gielhaus yes. and we, we couldn't believe this guy you know yeah. he, he scored a couple on his debut on Fairman overhead kicks it. <laughs> and it just stopped it everybody's you. game yeah. and we had a brilliant season you know won a couple of cups and stuff but that, I think that that, that is a, a big motivator for a lot of players and Arfield's a good player yeah. maybe he went a wee bit stale but now he's, he's up to it again as you said yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Thinking back to my, my, my days as well, bringing players in at the start of the season, you would you'd have to re-establish yourself all over again. But you can see the quality going up, and that would lift your game as well, whether it was in training, etc. But yeah, Arfield and we touched on earlier as well with with Stevie coming out publicly and giving the boy a lift as well. That will just boost his confidence even more. Absolutely. Yeah. When you you get empowered by the gaffer, then uh, that. That's another one that, that, that makes you quite excited about playing and uh, giving your all. And you know, I feel sometimes you, you can get a wee bit down. And even people were talking about um, the captain last year, Davernier, uh, yeah. having you, you know some poor form. But yeah. you know, his, his game's been incredible this year. You know, defensively and in attack. So hey, you know, the, the challenges the players are there, and they, if they rise to it and they try and raise the bar a wee bit and, and it can happen with with great motivational factors such as new players and, and you know demands of the new players on the, the incumbents already yeah. I think I think James Tavernier Alec has been really impressive in the way that he's dealt with setbacks and criticism as well I mean there were, there were some high profile mistakes last season two in one European gamer I seem to remember uh, and, and he takes it and he moves on and he gets on with it he doesn't say a whole lot in response he lets his football do the, the response for him on the pitch and, and I just think at the moment six goals in his last six games two at the weekend two penalties at the weekend he was involved in two of the other five goals uh, two of the five goals as well um, and, and no surprise to, to hear little whispers about West Ham and others having a look well you're dead right Rob and his form has been great and as you said he's not getting involved in, in social networking and anything where uh, I think you've got to ignore that you know be aware of it but uh, you know it's one thing to, to be reading it all and, and bringing yourself down and uh, and then you start to feel negative about yourself. But Tavernier has shown really, really strong mentality 
and taking the criticism, moving on, as you said, not making a fuss about it, and uh, you know hitting hitting back with verbal. He's done it on the field. Alec, um, UEFA have just got a breaking announcement to say that they are allowing the return of fans a maximum of 30% capacity pending approval of local authorities. Now, it's home fans only. Away supporters will not be allowed at the venues until further notice. But what sort of boost do you think that gives everybody? Well, in, in the wake of the last couple of days, messages then, oh, that is brilliant news. Because, uh, you know, you know the, the people who are going to the pubs are told that the virus is pretty dangerous after 10 o'clock, you know, so... And 8 o'clock in Australia, did you know? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) one minute past 10 and and you're running for the hills. um, So, yes, that is great news. And, you know, the virus, everybody's got different opinions about it, but, um, you know, young young footballers, um, you know, these guys are on dressing rooms, there's 20-odd, 30-odd people in the dressing rooms, and... And, you know, we've had some um, cases of players getting COVID, but they quickly shrug it off being being very young. Now, the the crowd thing is different. Yeah, there's got to be a wee bit of distancing. And and if they can break it up to a a reasonable situation, then, yes, that's great news. As you say, there's got to be some logistics around it to make sure everybody is safe. But, I mean, everything is doable. it's doable, yeah. Uh, listen, the world must must carry on. We we, we can't every time there's a there's a panic, then we we got to go to lockdown again. It's just we're just never going to get out of the bit if we you know we don't make progress. And uh, you, you know the government, or not, not so much the government, but every single politician in the world, uh, every government in the world, they they're, they're all in the dark about the. The virus, and they really just don't know what to do with uh, in, in terms of taking these risks. Yeah, it's the invisible en- enemy, isn't it? You, but you do think, don't you? About, I mean, that's that's any step of encouragement, any step of progress, Alec, would be fantastic, and and that's great to hear that from from UEFA. But I mean, you just think, don't you? You must think about what Ibrox would be like tonight for that rocking, game against Galatasaray yeah. and what it's going to be like. Yeah, it would be rocking. We know that, and uh, Galatasaray have a good side. They probably got a couple. They, the Turks seem to get Brazilians in the team somewhere, or Portuguese, and, and these guys will often get a bit of flair. So they'll be very dangerous players out there tonight against Rangers. Crucial uh, for Rangers to get through. I mean, we were listening to to Stephen Gerrard uh, just a, a little while back, and. Uh, you know, there are all sorts of reasons to want to get through, prestige reasons and pride and all that sort of stuff, but, but big financial reasons as well. And, and if Rangers can get to the group stages again, um, Stephen Gerrard was saying that will affect how much he has to spend possibly in the next few days before the window closes on Monday. So there's all sorts of implications. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's all sorts of motivational factors and that's one of them. And Stevie had a really good run last year. Uh, against uh, probably people's judgment, but uh, he had a smashing run. And, you know, sometimes British teams don't um, kind of um, put too much importance on the, 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 these kind of trophies, except for uh, these champ- these uh, competitions, except for like maybe the Champions League, where the money is, is exceptionally high. But, you know, when I, I worked in Belgium for a year and the Belgians just absolutely made it a priority to, to um, progress in these group stages, whether it be the Champions League 
or whether it be the Europa League. Yeah, I mean, it's so important. And I mean, any mention of, of Europe and, and Alec McLeish, and you, you just think back to, to so many uh, special moments that, that must be so dear to you. Back to 83, of course, and, and Aberdeen winning in Gothenburg, the European Cup Winners' Cup as a, as a player, and so many special memories uh, as a manager, Alec, as well. Yeah, yeah, um, brilliant times in Europe. You know, I remember uh, going with Sir Alex. Well, he was only Alec Ferguson at that time. Be <laughs> knighted. Yeah, and, and playing in in the Germany and losing games and, and thinking. I always thought, well, we're getting better, you know. But we lost maybe a game in aggregate, and I could see the 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 hurt in the gaffer's eyes and and walking about. You know, I was maybe last at the dressing room, so I've seen him. When everybody else is already gone, that took my time leaving dressing room, and he's he's um, he's so so down and so um, upset about the result. But I I kind of felt in my in my head that we we were getting better in Europe all the time, and then you know as we took the drubbing from Liverpool in '81, and and then you you go on to progress to to winning the European Cup winners' cup against the mighty Real Madrid. Yeah. You just cannot make that up. Un- unbelievable times Alec always lovely to talk to you and hopefully we'll do so again soon and hopefully hope you get that telly working <laughs> <laughs> well I hope so I need to get my, my, my technician on it yeah <laughs> thanks a lot Rob uh, thanks Simon all the best cheers Alec cheers Alec, cheers, Alec. Yeah. Cheers. that's Alec Bye. McLeish uh, getting ready uh, getting the drinks in ahead of uh, 7.45 kickoff <laughs> and uh, Rangers in action against Galatasaray Scotland against Israel is a week away new to the squad Ryan Porteous is up next the Bull Radio Football Show let's go Confirmation, it is Thursday and it is the Go Radio Football Cheers, Show. Rob, Rob McLean, <laughs> Ali Defoy and former Celtic star Simon Donnelly is with us here as well. Another really busy show coming to a close but plenty to talk about uh, before 7 o'clock. Just confirmation for you if you've just joined us of the Celtic and Rangers lineups tonight in Europe. Uh, Celtic with Barkas and goals, Beaton, Duffy, Ayer, Frimpong and Taylor, the wing-backs, Brown and McGregor in the middle, Christie and El Yunusi supporting Edouard with Bain Julian, Elhamed and Cham, Turnbull, Klimala and Griffiths on the bench. Rangers tonight at Ibrox against Galatasaray. Uh, McGregor and goals, Tavernier, Goldson, Helander, Barisic, Kamara, Davis, Arfield, Hadji, Kent, Morellas. On the bench for Rangers, McLaughlin, Bassey, Balogan, Jack, Jones, Jack and Jones together, <laughs> Itton and Defoe. So that's a strong Isn't looking that a squad. Jack Jones. I think it probably is. <laughs> on your Jack Jones. We're not on our Jack Jones because we've got Ryan Porteous with us uh, now called up to the Scotland squad by uh, Stevie Clark for those upcoming internationals which start of course a week tonight with uh, a big match the playoff semi-final Scotland against Israel Hi there Ryan uh, Hi man, how are you doing? Very well You must have been delighted tell, tell me how you found out that you were in the senior squad I, it, was a, it was a nice surprise actually uh, I was playing golf and I didn't know too much about it and I looked at my phone at 2 o'clock and it, it blew up so uh, <laughs> <laughs> blew up in a good way I it blew up in a good way no because I smashed it because I was playing through it golf like but uh, no I was um, I was I was nicely surprised it was um, I was uh, I wasn't really expecting it um, you know I know that we'd, we'd, they would play well to start the season you know the whole defence at Hibs and you know I was just delighted to, to be involved again 
He has been a big uh, transformation, hasn't there, in Hibs defensively this season? I mean, presumably Jack Ross has put a lot of work into it because uh, maybe that, that was a problem, but, but certainly it doesn't look to be much of a problem so far this season. No, as I say, we've been doing well. I don't, I don't think we can get carried away with ourselves because we've still conceded, you know, um, you know, a good amount of goals, I'd imagine. So, uh, listen, we've, we've been doing well. I think we just need to keep that going. As I've said, we've, uh, Jack Ross and and, um, and John Potter have put a lot of a lot of work in, you know, behind the scenes on the training ground, and it's shown dividends just now. And hopefully, we can we can maintain that. Ryan, are you enjoying working under one of the best dressed managers that there is in the <laughs> Scottish Premier League? What is he like to work under? <laughs> Is that your opinion or has he won an award or something? No, it's smart cardigans when he was at St Mirren. Everybody was like, oh, he's the smartest now. He's at Hibs and I still think he's quite quite smart. I've decided, basically. Okay. <laughs> he's, he's, um, he's brilliant. You know, he's, uh, he's a really enthusiastic manager. He's um, good with the boys on the on the training pitch and uh, results kind of speak for themselves. You know, he's, he's um, done brilliantly everywhere he's been and he seems to be doing really well here. I imagine he's a great communicator as well, Ryan. <laughs> Yeah, he is. Um, he, he's always he's a good man manager. He's, he's always uh, in in my ear, trying to uh, try to get the best out of me and the lads. Whether that's uh, you know, kick up the backside or, or some praise, he's always uh, he's always on. I guess that must be quite nice um, having that constant support around you, especially in the times where everything's so strange at the moment. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's good to have you know someone in your corner that's uh, that's always and always wants the best because ultimately, if I go for uh, on top of you, and then you you'd be asking questions, and it's good to it's good to know that uh, you know he takes real real pride in in a carefree squad. Have you changed your style a bit this season, Ryan? Have you reined yourself in a bit in terms of challenges? Uh, I, I don't. I tried not to change the way I play. I mean, I'm probably in the position I'm just now because of my style of playing. A bit, it's a bit different, and but I've I. I uh, people say I'm a dirty player sometimes. I think that's uh, unfair at times. However, some, some people might say uh, my challenges have been dirty and unfair at times. But listen, I'm, a lot gets said in the media, and I try and uh, you know take on board what gets said in house and uh, training centres or at Scotland camps. And you know, try and not look at the media. But I've obviously I've been maybe a bit more lucky this year, um, whether it's referees or, or fouls. But no, I'm, I'm just trying to keep my game. Um, the same way I have before because I think I'm, I'm in the place because of you know the player I've been in the last couple of years. Ryan, Ryan it's Simon Donnelly here. How are you doing? How are you doing? You all right? right? I was just listening to you there. Obviously, uh, I don't think you, I think it's a sign of the times that any sort of question of you being a dirty player. I think it's a sign of the times of the football. I certainly don't think back in my day you would have been questioned in that way. But just as you uh, quite rightly said yourself, you don't want to. Take it away from your game. You know, you play centre back. You're you're aggressive in your play, and it's it's got you into the Scotland setup. So I don't think you can you can change from that too far. Yeah, but listen. I think if there was ever a problem, um, you know, the manager, any manager that I've had would have would have brought up with me. Um, you know, all the gaffers I've had, coaches I've had, see it as a you know a good trait for me. Yeah, hundred percent. You've got to, you've got to temper it at times, but yeah. It's always it's always a good trait to have, and you know I never want to really want to take that in my game completely. No, well, congratulations for the call up anyway, mate, and good luck. Thanks very much. Thank you, Ryan. If I'm not mistaken, you earned your first senior Scotland call up for the Euro 2020 qualifiers against Cyprus and Kazakhstan in November 2019. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Wow. So it's been a long time. I guess waiting to get on the pitch and play. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. It was obviously a nice. I was called up with twenty ones at the time, uh, and then Scott Gemmel um, gave me a text and told me to come up and just said, "Listen, you're, you're going up with the first team. Go and enjoy yourself." And at the time, I was just uh, I was booking it. I went up there and I trained, and I thought I'd done quite well. Uh, I was um, unfortunate not to get my cap, but it was a great experience just to be be around the kind of players and that set up. And I've been ever since then. I've got, I've got a lot of taste for it and. Uh, I've wanted that again, and, and now I've got it. I'm going to try and make the most of it, and, and hopefully not just go there to make the numbers up. Hopefully, you know, play my part. You on the golf course when you got that text, or somewhere else? Yeah, I was. I was. Uh, I was at the club uh, at the time, the 21. So you were where? Sorry, you just cut out. I, I was in camp with the 21s. All oh, right. Time, so, uh, so I was on the golf course at the time, and it was a bit like, uh, less short notice. Are you the sort of person, Ryan, that settles in really easily at a at a higher level? You know, which obviously the senior Scotland squad is. You know, are, are you the person that that's that's a bit nervous and anxious and overawed, or do, do you just settle in quite easily to that sort of setup? I think everybody would imagine everyone would be quite nervous and anxious when they're um, when they're going up to you know play at that kind of level. Um, but no, listen, the boys were great with me. You know, I had uh, a few familiar faces that I knew Greg Taylor, John McGinn, uh, Ollie Burke, you know, these kind of people put me under their wing and, and were good with me. And you know, the gaffer, uh, he told me exactly what he wanted for me, just to play my own game and training and try and implement that in, uh, into the way they want to play as well. So, listen, it, it was obviously it was tough going in at first, but you get used to it and you, you start to you know, kind of thrive in that area and, 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 uh, and try and make the most of it. Really so, yeah, I really enjoyed it and I, and I can't wait to get back in there. Ryan, it's such a shame that Cy Ferry isn't on tonight. He's, of course, one of the team here at the Go Radio Football Show. But he's one of your biggest fans. Uh, how did you feel uh, chatting to him and, and hearing the compliments that he's got about you? Aye, it's good. Although it's like 50 50, some people, like Simon, might be really nice with me, and then Kevin Kyle could be hammering me. It's a mix, but no, it's good to, good to tune into that. I enjoy that. That's probably my, my go to on a Monday or a Tuesday morning. But open goal, love that. Yeah, open goal is decent laugh, it's good. Do you sense a, a big opportunity for you here, Ryan? Because obviously people have been talking about Scotland central defence for a long time and that you know we don't have a massive amount of quality in that area. The likes of yourself and Scott McKenna are two real up and comings. I mean, could that be a could that be a partnership uh, looking into the future? Yeah, well hope so. I mean, you know, for me I think it's about going in there and, and trying to, to make the most of the situation and the, the opportunity that I've been given. So I want to go in there, try and learn for people like like Scott, um, you know, Liam Cooper, Declan Gallagher, people that have had that experience at international level and uh, and try and take what I can from them. But as I said, I, I don't want to go there and just make up the numbers. I want to you know, try and uh, put my stamp down on them training and, and uh, hopefully earn my first cap. Paul Hanlon, I guess, takes, takes a bit of credit probably for, for your development, does he? Because he, he tends to be a bit of a steady eddy alongside, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, listen, I think if um, Aid was on Paul Hunter's side right now, he would be in the position I am. He's been, you know, he's been brilliant this season. Um, he's been a standard for us, probably a player. And he's, uh, he's, cruised, he's cruised through games for years and listen, he's been brilliant to me. He's helped me every step of the way and it just shows you how good a guy he is. He's, he's, he's delighted with me. He's delighted for me and you know, him and Dan McGregor especially you know, they've helped me massively in, yeah. in the last couple of years Just one finally then how are we going to get on next Thursday night give us some good news oh, um, 
Oh, I hope we do well. Um, you know, I hope that uh, Marciano cuts a couple in and get <laughs> uh, that, would, that would be rather nice, wouldn't it? If you if you've got the chance to knock one past him, that would that would be good. <laughs> no, definitely. I I do, I do enough in training, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you got Hibs at home tomorrow. Uh, sorry, you got Aki's tomorrow at home at Easter Road. How's that going to be? Do you think you're all ready for it? Yeah, yeah, we're we're buzzing for it. Um, obviously, we to to lose on Sunday, and you know we've not won in two now, so we'll, we'll be looking uh, looking to get the win, and we're not going to take them lightly because you've seen over the last few years that they deserve respect, and they've, uh, they've turned over a lot of big teams, especially away from home. So you know we're going to be uh, going into that, um, not taking them lightly, and, and uh, you know we're going to be giving it our all. Ryan, good luck with that tomorrow, and uh, good luck with Scotland as well, and good luck with your blossoming international career. Good, good of you to join us. Good luck, Ryan. Thank Cheers, you. Ryan. All the best. That's Ryan Porteous of Hibs, who is part of that Scotland squad for those three upcoming games, primarily uh, a week tonight. I'm getting nervous already, and it's seven days away. Scotland against Israel, 7.45 at Hamden next Thursday. Just time on the show to get the Simon Donnelly selection for, oh, I nearly for forgot that about game. That. He's had plenty of time to think about <laughs> it. You're saying you're nervous, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you going for? What's your, what's your Scotland team for next week? Right, uh, OK, I'm going to go... The with... head scratching started yeah. Uh, David Marshall in goal. Yes. A back three <laughs> of Tierney, the man we've just spoke to, Porteous, uh-huh. mm-hmm. Cooper, yeah. uh, Andy Robertson on the left. My problem position is on the right. Yeah. And I didn't like the square pegs and round holes, but I've got, I've got Ryan Jack stroke, Ryan Fraser on the right hand side. So a Ryan either way. Yeah. I know <laughs> yeah. Ryan Jack can play there. Yeah. Uh, I quite like Ryan Fraser. Ryan, Ryan Fraser. You've been going game. on about Ryan Fraser for ages. Attacking one. Uh, two midfielders of McGregor and McTominay. Mm-hmm. John McGinn, hey. Zane Crocker mentioned earlier on, playing in front of them. Yeah. And Dykes, who I think gets another go in the back of his performances last time round. And Shankland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean Dykes is a stick on now, which is incredible after just uh, two games. But but mighty mighty impressive and and up up front. And it's not often we can say this. I mean, even in the absence of Lee Griffiths, who we would like to, have I've got seen Griffiths in, in brackets there just yeah. to make the point that if he was fit, yeah, I think he would be in. Yeah, but but two strikers who are scoring goals. Yeah, yeah. Shanklin's came back, missed the, the start of the season, came back, scored a couple of goals. And as I say, Dykes on the back of his performances in the last uh, international setup. Yep, he's he's back in. And Porteous at the back for Scotland. Uh, Ryan Porteous, good to hear from him there. Yeah. Um, obviously, two big games uh, tonight. Uh, that match in Bosnia is kicking off in about six or seven minutes' time. Uh, Sarajevo against Celtic. Uh, Simon, how are you feeling about that one? I'm going to make a mad dash up the road and see if my, <laughs> see if my three boys have got the technician stuff set Technology. up for the game. Yeah. Yeah, Alec McLeish and his team were grappling away uh, to, to try and get the Rangers It'll game be on. the same in my house. It's the Celtic game uh, you're after. And of course, Rangers, Galatasaray. Uh, what are we going to get out of these two games tonight? What do you reckon? I think a big positive. I think both teams will go through. I think Celtic will get the result and Rangers at home on the back of their performances in Europe recently. I think both teams will go through. 
Well, good luck to them both uh, because uh, kickoff is imminent uh, for Celtic in uh, Sarajevo, and that's followed quickly uh, 45 minutes later by Rangers against Galatasaray at Ibrox. Let's hope tomorrow we're celebrating both teams into the group stages of the Europa League. Tomorrow night, the Premiership is back in business. Uh, four games uh, tomorrow night at Aberdeen, at Tanadice, at Easter Road, and at Rugby Park, and then the two games Sunday, St Johnston, Celtic, and Rangers against Ross County. Hopefully, you've enjoyed the Go Radio football show from Rob McLean, Ali Defoy and Simon Donnelly it's goodbye and see you tomorrow at five The Go Radio football show Let's go